Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What do you do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. The NBA playoffs are here. The Hornets are not involved. This episode is going to be pretty much entirely just regular NBA talk. We're turning into an NBA as a whole podcast here for this week. We'll talk Hornets more in the future, but we're just going to be talking about these matchups today, Tim. The playoffs have not disappointed. It's been it's been a pretty lit start to the playoffs, I have to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like after the opening weekend, I'm always just like, wow, man, this was the best opening weekend of playoff basketball of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like year by year, you can kind of like, yeah, that's fair. After that, uh, I guess we'll get into the first game, Celtics-Nets, uh, the most interesting series out east. I would say that game one did not let down. No, and the expectations for that game were so high. Going into it, you were like, I hope this game isn't a letdown. And it was not. It was not. Jason Tatum <laughs> hit the game winner at the end. I tweeted out, you know, well, that game did not disappoint. Like the, one of the best games I can remember in recent history for, for game one. And it does feel like an Eastern Conference finals kind of matchup between the Celtics and the Nets. Like those two teams in the Bucks, I would have in my top three power rankings in the East. Um, and they're all lined up in the same side of that bracket. So for today, when we're talking about these matchups, we've done Liquor Mark's Degenerate Gambling Corner. This is going to be a whole Liquor Mark's Degenerate Gambling Guide. Okay, I'm going to be guiding you guys through each of these matchups and which side I would take betting wise and then also which side I would take just to win the series. So right now, the Nets are underdogs. They are at plus 180. So when a team has a plus in front of them, what that means is that they're the underdog. And you could bet $100 to win $180 on the Nets. If they have a minus in front of their name, that means they're the favorites. And let's say a team was like minus 200, then you would have to bet that amount, bet $200 to win $100. So I picked the Nets before the series. You picked the Celtics. And despite that game one loss, I'm sticking with them. I think they got good value there at plus 180 to win the series. Um, you know, they lost game one, but it was in Boston. I think they're going to come back and win game two. Have it even going back to Brooklyn, Tim. That's a, I, I respect the pick. It was certainly in Boston. I, one question I had, um, how much, because people talk about home court a lot. How much do you think the playoff crowds actually affect the game? Oh, I think a lot, dude. I, I mean, it always does seem like the role players for whichever teams at home play better. You know, that's kind of like everybody's always said that that's what the old head says that the role players are going to play better at home. And it does seem like that happens, right? I'd be interested to see some statistics there of like how the role players play better at home versus away. Um, And that's felt like it's been a thing, especially like when you look at a team like the Warriors, they've just been dominating the nuggets. I think they're going to win that series. We can talk about that later, but like their home play has been, you know, it's been electric in uh, chase center and, I think it also matters in Boston. Boston was a was a crazy environment. I'm sure that got to the Nets a little bit. Um, but KD had a bad game, a, a rare, you know, bad game by, by KD in that first game. He had some costly turnovers, like he was just not handling the ball as well as he normally does. Kyrie went off, but you can expect KD to play way better in game two. I would put his over under at points for game two, like at like 35. Like he's he's gonna drop, he's gonna get buckets in game two. He's going to get buckets. Um, yeah, going back to the uh, the role player playing playing better at home, I feel like so much of like just NBA, just common sense or, you know, like at least uh, 
thought to be common sense just comes from like bob ryan in the 80s and i feel like that's one of those things like i have i've never looked up the stats i've always believed it myself and in reality it probably came down to like jojo white was really hot at home in like a semi-finals in like 1976 um but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna choose to believe it obviously got in Kyrie's head and yeah as far as over under 35 i feel like kd is one of those guys where like it's pretty money for just like 34 points mm-hmm. uh you know not a big score but we could see it. I'm a, I just don't really believe in the Nets at all. Like I heard, uh, I've seen a lot of people put them, oh man, third in the conference. I just don't really think they're that good. Yeah, see, I, I have stuck with, like I do think they're that good throughout the entire season. And I'm a little bit biased towards teams with star players, but I also think that can be helpful. Like in, in uh, this gambling guide, right? Like you want to pick teams with star players and vote against teams that are like a little bit of a cute story. Now the Celtics are certainly not a cute story. They're contenders as well. Um, This is going to be a close series. You know, I'm picking the Nets, but I'm not that confident. You know, I'm, I'm, I picked them at the start. I'm sticking with it, but like, uh, and I think there's good value again in like plus 180. I think it's a little bit closer than that. Uh, After just one game in Boston losing, it's not that big of a deal. They can, they can fight back, but yeah, I could see it really going either way. It is it is going to be a close series. Yeah, yeah, I think you know at least at least six games, uh, and hopefully hopefully it does go seven games because it has been awesome. You have Defensive Player of the Year Marcus Smart going up against these two unstoppable players. Uh, really couldn't believe Marcus Smart got Defensive Player of the Year. Feel like that really came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some buzz surrounding it. Um, but he's not going to be able to stop Kyrie Irving. I'm coming back to him on my take of him. You know, I said that he was worse than Trey Young about a year ago. I admitted it. I'm coming back. I'm coming back around. I'm switching my opinion. He's better than Trey Young after one game of the NBA playoffs. It's clear, Tim. It's one. It's clear. Some would say oh. small sample size. I would say Kyrie's a beast, dude. Um, does, it, does it ever yeah. just get tiring to you looking around? What is like the 17th point guard you've like stuck your flag in? At this <laughs> point, you're going to be talking about LaMelo Balls Juniors being like, I think he's got the potential. <laughs> like, uh, if, if you say so. Kyrie's going to be hurt in three games also. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's where the issue comes in is with like playing time. But I do think that when they're both healthy, which is a big if, but when they're both healthy, I would say Kyrie. Um, and you know, you, you probably disagree with that, but I would take Kyrie. Um, I think he's, you know, very efficient scorer. He's shown that in the two games he's played so far in the postseason against the Cavs as well. He was unbelievable. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see he's, he's fell apart in some previous playoff seasons, like with the Celtics. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep this up. Yeah. You know, especially, I mean, Kyrie is just feel bad for the guy he's had such tough situations in his career you know he's had to play second fiddle to Kevin Durant LeBron James had a Celtics team carry him to the Eastern Conference Finals while he was on the bench oh man what a tough career for Kyrie I mean he just does so much and gets so little respect (laughs) yeah he has played with some good players which Trey Young is not so that's sort of the argument for Trey Young in in there like in their current state, I'm just saying I would take Kyrie. I'm not talking about for next year. I'm not talking about regular season. I'm talking about right now. <laughs> in, the in the playoffs, I'm taking Kyrie over Trey Young at this state. Well, you you do that. You have fun with that. Okay, let's move on to the next series. Uh, speaking of Trey Young, Heat versus Hawks. 
Tim, your boy, eight points in the first game of the playoffs. What do you have to say to your, for yourself and uh, defending Trey Young here? For those who, you know, really closely watched the game like I did, felt more like five points. Uh, pretty, pretty terrible showing. Uh, yeah, that was just uh, having my notes. The Heat are just a buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had, I mean, they threw like seven different dudes guarded Trey Young throughout that. Gallinari was the only player on the Hawks that had anything going. And Trey Young was, he was bad. He, uh, you know, multiple turnovers there in the, uh, to close out the third quarter when it seemed like they had a chance to make it like a 15 point game. Uh, but yeah, at the end, end of the day, it's like the heat shot, like 50% from three, uh, nothing you can really do against that. I assume that Trey Young will play better as the series, uh, goes on, but, uh, yeah, no, not, not a super promising first game. What, uh, what are the odds looking like, Mark? Anything tasty? So, yeah, I, I picked the key before the series. I think the heat are going to win it in like six, but I have to say, Tim, the Hawks at plus 500 to win the series is a little bit juicy. I think that's good value at five to one. That's, you know, you could bet $100 to win 500. It doesn't have to be $100. You could bet $10 to win 50. And I think sprinkling a little bit of money on that would be wise for the listeners here. Um, I don't think they'll win the series. You know, I'm, I'm just saying that there's good value there. I think it's going to be a closer series than people think. I don't think this is going to be a sweep. Trey Young will adjust. He'll come back. He'll have a couple games where he goes off. And I just think that number is way too high right now. So you want to try to find when you're when you're doing uh, this gambling on the NBA playoffs, you want to find value. And I think people are just kind of writing off the Hawks after game one. But it would not shock me if in game two they came back and won. Um, and I just think there's good value there, Tim. Yeah. I mean, you're saying you don't think that Duncan Robinson is going to shoot 90% from three on 10 attempts a game? Yeah. For the entire yeah, he had series? nine threes in that game. Yeah, that was a uh, that was pretty absurd. Uh, I was kind of excited. Yeah, I was like, oh, John Collins is coming back. But yeah, I mean, that game game was over, and it kind of made me happy to think like that would have been the Hornets for sure. We we would have been getting buzzed in that game, and you would just have a super hungover Lamelo and Miles sweating it out in the third quarter, down twenty. So yeah, you know, just so happy we didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Turn it around and do a positive. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the next series here, 76ers versus Raptors. And I got to call you out a little bit here, Tim. You picked the Raptors before the, the uh, series started. And this is where I've made my money over the years, Tim, is just picking against these teams that are clearly cute story teams. Pick the team with two all-stars in James Harden and Joel Embiid, a former MVP in James Harden and likely MVP runner-up in Joel Embiid this season. Way too many members of the NBA media, including you, Tim, were picking the Raptors before the series. It's just like the NBA hipster take. The Raptors have good team chemistry. Nick Nurse, blah, 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 blah. Bullshit, dude. The 76ers were going to win this series regardless of the Scotty Barnes injury. Um, and yeah, I just I just didn't believe, I did not believe in the Raptors at all before the series. It's not just because the 76ers are up 2-0. I had no doubt in the 76ers being able to win this series and they're going to do it. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Uh, in defense of my pick, I kind of went chalk throughout most of the playoffs and I was like, ah, what, what's a series that I can kind of go against. And, uh, yeah, when in doubt, uh, I'll root for, or I'll root against Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tobias Harris and Doc Rivers. Um, I've been rereading great book, um, 
called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Everyone should check it out. And it really gets into biases. So I've been trying to really look at my own life and, you know, view my own biases and kind of try to break down why they exist. And uh, I thought about Joel Embiid for like 20 minutes the other day. Can't put my finger on it. I just hate Joel Embiid and I hate the Sixers. I don't know if it's the process, if it's the media. Like I know, I know it's not rational whatsoever, but just really hate the uh, the 76ers. And James Harden has looked pretty terrible, I thought, even though, you know, they've, they've blown him out. It's so weird. Maybe it's just like, maybe the hamstring is lingering. Like it kind of happened with Chris Paul, where Chris, it took Chris Paul like, you know, a whole year to really get over it. But it's just so surreal to see like, he can't, he can't even get by like a corpse. I mean, he can't get beat anyone off the dribble when he does get to the paint. He's got no chance of making anything. I, th- I saw he had like a, I think like a, a 12% block rate on his shots. So that's where I was kind of just like, oh, I could see him fall apart. But um, yeah. no, it looks, it looks pretty clear as of right now that uh, the, the grit and grind of Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet will not be enough. Yeah. And I think what you're saying about James Harden uh, potentially falling apart later in the postseason um, is exactly that. It might, it's going to be later in the postseason. Like, I agree with you that, you know, you could see him just like falling apart in a, in a playoff series here, but it's not going to be against the Raptors. Um, the Raptors are in the same category of the play in teams of like the Cavs, Hornets, and Hawks. Um, uh, it's, that's it's just close. not, it's just not that, but that's not true. What, and what category are they in? They are they are better they're better than the Cavs. They are better than the Hornets. Like you you've been hating on them all you've been hating on them for like four years now. Okay, you just so, don't like the Raptors. So when they, they go the, out, when they go out in four games to the 76ers, when they had a similar record to the 76ers, what are they? They're they're in the same tier as them. I mean, what what were the Heat last year? Were the Heat just because they got waxed by the Bucks? They weren't they were a play-in team? No. Yeah, no. well, yeah, it doesn't because really it's the Bucks. It's, it's the bu- it's the Bucks versus the 76ers. We've talked, I mean, we just mentioned how like the 76ers have these flaws. I mean, if they go out in four games to the 76ers, that's that's embarrassing. You've been you've been down. I don't even think you picked the Raptors to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> like they were like your 12 seed. You have a you have like we're talking about examining biases. You hate the Raptors. Like you I don't I don't believe in them like just as little as I believed in the Cavs which is, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it's like I, these teams without star players. I just don't think that they can get it done in the playoffs. Um, I mean, that's, that's fair. We are, we are two years removed and granted that was, you know, slightly different team, but I mean, they were, they almost made the Eastern conference finals like yeah. two years ago and they've, yeah, they have Scotty Barnes. Like we were talking about which teams could be better next year. And you were like, well, definitely not the Raptors. And I was like, Scotty Barnes. And you were like, yeah, I kind of forgot about him. Like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, those te- that team did have Kyle Lowry. I think that's a big, a big yeah. difference in that now Pascal and, and Fred Van Vliet, they're in this, you know, tier of players below, like below star player, right? They're just not, they, they need a guy. They need a, like a guy. They need a guy and they need any center. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. Yeah, which is being exposed against the center. That's a bad matchup for them potentially. Um, yeah, in, in my head, I was like, okay, well, they can really push it in transition. Joel Embiid seems out of breath by the eighth minute of every playoff game. I think that's in his contract. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they can really run him around and like OG Ananobi versus uh, James Harden, like his chances. But no, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you're wrong. All right. So for the gambling advice here, the 76ers are now minus 2,000. 
just stay away from that one. <laughs> not, not really any value there. Um, and yeah, I would just, I would just not bet on anything in that series moving, moving forward. But if you were wise, you could have taken the 76ers before the series. And I think like only like minus 180 or something like that. So um, now those odds are out of control. Let's talk about the last series in the East, the least interesting series in the East, the Bulls versus the Bucks. Um, both of us picked the Bucks, and the Bulls are just sort of like a shell of their former selves without Lonzo. They put up a good fight in game one, but I don't think anyone really thinks they have a chance. Do you want to guess what the Bucks are in terms of betting wise? Are they like plus or uh, minus 4,000? 3,000. So like the 76ers have already won two games and are still minus 2,000. The Bucks <laughs> have only won one game and they're minus 3,000. I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, like just the belief in the Bucks is that much higher. So yeah, you could stay away from this as well. I mean, if you want to sprinkle a little, little like 10 bucks on the Bulls plus 1,200, I don't, I don't think that'd be the worst decision ever. But, <laughs> it, uh, it might be. <laughs> it, 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 it might be, but sometimes you got, you got to take a shot. Um, and I think nobody really believes in the Bulls. That's resulted in like a slight spike in their odds, but I don't think they're going to win. There's no, no chance they're going to win this series. So probably stay away from this one as well. Not that much to talk about. Pretty boring series. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, DeMar DeRozan sucks in the playoffs. I think it's funny that uh, Vucevic is always just like, no matter what team he's on, he's just like roadkill in the first round of a series. Um, mm. Just seems to happen. Like that's story of his career. And uh, yeah, I guess the main interesting thing is, uh, do you remember the series? This was, I guess, now five years ago or six years ago uh, when the Bulls were the three seeds and the Bucks were the six seed. Yeah, this the series where Mike Dunleavy was talking shit and Giannis just like fully trucked him when mm. they were down like forty five. Yeah, it was just like man, time time really does fly in the NBA. Yeah, that went to seven, right? And the Bulls won. Yeah, I think the the Bulls won the deciding game by like a thousand points. Yeah, yeah, and then Giannis was was pretty much born after that, right? Like that that series just like sparked his MVP seasons after that. <laughs> yeah all because he just totally took a massive cheap shot on mike dunleavy but everyone was like eh, fuck mike dunleavy <laughs> who cares all right moving on to the western conference the most interesting series in the west in my eyes is this grizzlies versus t wolves series where it's two young teams uh the grizzlies made the playoffs last year but basically like did they really make the playoffs last year and the T-Wolves did not. So they're both like playoff newbies, essentially. Um, and Tim and I have differing opinions on this series as well. I picked the Grizzlies. Got to stand for my guy, Ja Morant. Um, I think there's been an overhype surrounding Anthony Edwards through two games in the postseason. I think he comes back down to earth in game two, Tim. Uh, and the Grizzlies will handle this series in six games. That's my prediction. I picked them beforehand. Sticking with it. I'm not not swayed by the Anthony Edwards uh, on pouring through two games. He's going to be inefficient in a couple of these games here soon. Wow. You sound like me talking about John Morant. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was great to hear. This is uh this is where I'm at. So why, why is there this built in belief? Like people talk about the Grizz, like, Oh man, they've been through so much. They talk about them. Like they're even like the 2015 warriors. 
Mm. Like the Grizzlies have done nothing. Like they have done absolutely nothing. I'm really supposed to be like, man, wait until Dylan Brooks starts, starts getting it together. I'm just not a big believer in them. And you were talking earlier about you like star power in the playoffs. Well, I'm looking at a team in the, uh, the T-Wolves. They have more star power. Carl Anthony Towns is an all-NBA player. And Anthony Edwards is already better than John Morant. So I'm just, ah. uh, I'm just a little confused. Why are you going against your own, your own logic here? So uh, I think that that's valid in betting against the Grizzlies in the next round. So like if we, when we talk about Grizzlies versus Warriors next round, I'll be saying, yep, super bet against the Warriors or, or on the Warriors against the Grizzlies. Um, and I'll put aside my love for John Morant there. But I don't think that the T-Wolves, I, I don't think they have more star power than, than the Grizzlies. They have Cat, uh, who in that play-in game pretty much fell apart and was played off the court. Um, and he, he like when he got 5,000, came out of the game, it was better for the team for him to not be on the court. They started getting it together there. Um, and I think John Morant's clearly the biggest star, the biggest star in this series. I mean, Cat Cat was just pulling an homage to John Morant. He's like, oh, I can't wait to get off the court so my team plays better without me. <laughs> it's just like but everything you're telling me applies applies to the Grizzlies. Yeah, this is definitely like the, the biggest, like, uh, like, like you're making good points for sure in the sense that I'm like maybe going against some of my some of my beliefs by picking you're, the Grizzlies, but blind. I got but I gotta pick for John Morant, right? And I I'm a little scared, I but I do still feel like they're gonna win the series. I think that a team that finished in the second seed in the West, they're gonna get it together. Uh, there's a lot of momentum for the T Wolves right now. Like Patrick Beverly uh, is just talking all the shit. Anthony Edwards is talking so much shit. The Grizzlies, John Morant's been staying at home these past couple nights just thinking about it, and he's about to drop 40 on him uh, tonight. So, what you think he's you think he's really going to get up 50 shots? <laughs> Stop, dude. <laughs> um, so another like storyline for this, the Edwards versus LaMelo debate is as close as it's ever been. Like Edwards started out his rookie year terribly. And it was not very close between them then. And then by the end of that rookie season, it was the gap was still there and it was pretty clear. But as of right now, do you know who's averaging the most points per game in the playoffs <laughs> in NBA history? <laughs> Our boy, not Bucky rookie Anthony Edwards. Yeah, it's Anthony Edwards uh, because he's played one game, but he's been going off. Um, so a lot of people have been saying, I'll take Ant over LaMelo. You got to do it for more than two games for me to really uh, have a case. Now, if he does beat the Grizzlies and the T-Wolves beat the Grizzlies, th there's a case that Anthony Edwards is better than LaMelo, but you got to do it for more than just game one of a series for me to unless, pick. Unless you're Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> Who's won the NBA Finals before? <laughs> Kyrie Irving LeBron or James. LeBron James. Kyrie Irving or Trey Young. All right. But going back to this debate, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's getting closer. People were hyping up Anthony Edwards. Um, LaMelo, you know, to Anthony Edwards' credit, LaMelo did not do very well in the play-in game. And he has not made the playoffs in either of his first two seasons. So, yeah, like I said, it's getting close. I'm still riding with LaMelo uh, passing ability. I think in the future, LaMelo is going to 
become a better defender, become a better scorer. I think he's still going to be better than Anthony Edwards. But at this very moment in time, I think a lot of people would would pick Anthony Edwards. I think I think it's pretty easy to see where uh, where people are like generating the take from because when you watch Anthony Edwards, there's, there's no one in the NBA I can think of that could stay in front of him. Like he doesn't need to dribble around like James Harden. He just like runs to the basket. I think he has the nastiest first step I can think of since like 09 LeBron, which you know I think is very high praise. And I don't really think it's hyperbole. I think Edwards is awesome. So like now I like I can I can definitely see why people would feel that way. I still don't feel that way, but I mean, if Anthony Edwards does hit like his 90th percentile, even with the way he's been shooting the ball, uh, yeah, I can. And scoring, scoring just looks good. Like it just mm. looks, it looks awesome. You seem unstoppable when you're hot. Uh, yeah, still team mellow for now, but uh, eyes, eyes are very open to Anthony Edwards. Yeah, and he might, he might just be a better scorer than Lamelo uh, at this very moment, and he probably is. But all the other things that Lamelo does for the offense, I still take Lamelo um, over Edwards but he's probably a better scorer. And Lamella's got to work on that aspect of his game. His finishing at the rim is nowhere near Anthony Edwards's. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is very true. I really like the, the Anthony Edwards, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I feel like a lot of people are calling like, oh, we got to do something about this. One, it can only be one guy's team. But like, I don't think you really want Anthony Edwards like your unquestioned like, number one option. Like, I don't think he's like some great, offense unto himself like my man Trey Young or anything like that or even like Lamelo was uh, at the end of the season yeah but I, I think they're a really interesting pairing I wouldn't be su- like you know all all this uh all this trash talk aside I wouldn't be surprised the Grizzlies won uh I do think they're a good team yeah I think it's a really interesting series it's a bummer that it's not it's not on like the major networks like the NBA TV series yeah like for us NBA nerds this is one of our favorite series in the playoffs if not the best series in the playoffs Okay, I'll still take Celtics Nets, but like this is number two, I think. And the Grizzlies are at minus 125 to win the series. So they're still favorites, but those odds are shrinking. Lock it in now before they get the game to win, because after they get the game to win, it's going to go up to like minus three something. So lock it in now before the game to win and uh, ride this high with me as I beat Tim and all these picks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if they lose game two, the amount of slander that's going to be coming towards John Morant after posting that Michael Jordan video on Instagram is just going to be delectable. All right, moving on to our next series, uh, the Warriors versus the Nuggets. The Warriors are now up 2-0, and they are like peak fun team in the NBA right now. They have the death lineup of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. I mean, wild lineup. It's it's been working. They've been shutting down Jokic, um, who got ejected from last night's game. I don't know if you saw that. And both of us picked the Warriors to win this series. I didn't expect it to be going quite this badly for our guy Joker. Uh, I think he'll make a little bit of noise going back to Denver. Maybe they'll get a game, but I, I could see the Warriors just winning this one in five. Uh, yeah, I was thinking either four or five, so I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna go four just because why not? Um, but you're you're burying the lead here, Jordan. The, Poole. Best, the best player in the series has been Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine, like, you know, 50 year old dude who hasn't really tuned into the NBA much over the last like couple years. He's like, oh man, you know, the Warriors are back in the playoffs. Let me check it out. And they're just like, who is this guy? Is he the <laughs> best player of all time. Like, I was, it's the first time in like a literally a decade 
where I was watching the Warriors and Steph didn't have the ball. And I was like, oh, I like what I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted them to run the offense through Jordan Poole, man. He was, he was electric. And I think, what was he like? He was in the, everyone knows he was in the G League last year. I believe he was like the 29th pick in the draft. And uh, I hate to, to be a bummer, but uh, when I watch him, I think there is no chance Book, James Booknight, the 11th pick in the draft, will ever be as good as Jordan Poole. That's tough. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild how his game has sort of been molded by like Steph. Like he is just baby Steph. Um, and like when, when you're watching them, sometimes they're actually like indistinguishable the way they play. Um, and he, I think he wears number three, Steph wears 30. So if you're not looking at the right side of that Jersey, you can get it confused pretty easily, um, with the way he pulls up and yeah, he's been getting buckets. He's been, he's been electric and it's just wild that a player so young is doing that so early for this Warriors team and just kind of out of nowhere, he's become like one of the best players on their team, maybe better than Clay Thompson this year. Like out of nowhere, he's super important for them. And, you know, you would talk about like Andrew Wiggins. What's he going to do this year? What's James Wiseman going to do? It's like, oh, none of that matters because they have Jordan Poole. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to be picking them in the second round. I might, even, I might even pick them to beat the Suns, dude, because they have been electric. And yeah, the Warriors are back. People are saying the Warriors are back, I believe. People are saying, yeah, that, uh, that Curry, Poole, Thompson, Green lineup, you can throw you you know what we've always talked about that debate you might be able to get some run out there and still (laughs) still do well they scored 70 (laughs) points in 20 minutes of a playoff game uh pretty excited like i know i know the sun's defense is certainly better the the nuggets are no uh defensive dynamo but uh yeah i can't really imagine any team in the nba that could they could match that lineup i haven't seen anything like this since the original death lineup where like you watch it and you're just like Guys at halftime, the announcers, everyone's like, I have literally no idea how to guard this. <laughs> and uh, they're back. There's just something, you know, especially now that, you know, we've been deprived of it for about three years. There is nothing like this Warriors team where there's like three minutes left in a quarter and it's like a six point game. And you just know the game's about to be over. You're like, yeah, this is an av- it's like, it's like an avalanche you can just see coming. And it just you could run as fast as you want. You're done. Curry Thompson. Uh, Pool, Green, and Bernacki. How many? <laughs> how many points per 100 possessions are we getting, Tim? I think you guys are still getting like 110. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me in the corner. I'll be, I'll be unguarded. I can, I can shoot at least like 25 percent on open three. Jordan, Jordan Pool is hype. He's like, I wasn't gonna pass in the corner anyway. Uh, one, the only annoying thing about the Warriors, I will say, is Bielitsa. Bielitsa comes out there and he kind of acts like. You know, the guy who's like an assistant manager, he's just like, oh, yeah, come here. Like, uh, let me let me show you young kids what to do and just chucks up eight terrible shots in five minutes. Really uh, the only downside of watching the uh, the Warriors and Draymond Green. Oh, my God, dude, what he did to Jokic last night. Like, Jokic still had some pretty solid numbers, but you watch that and you're like, man, Draymond Green is literally the best defensive player I've ever seen in my life. So do you think Jokic should have gotten the MVP this year Still, still? Yeah, I don't really like I've seen the discourse and like I I get it. Like I think you could make the case for Giannis, but like at a certain point what are, what are we going to do? Should why not why not just vote for MVP before the season starts? Yeah. Like, we are like we all already know it's just it's not a playoff award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a playoff award. So it still should go to Jokic. I do think that after this year he's going to have a tough time getting a third. That's kind of what happened to Giannis too, right? Like he won two and it's like okay, those are your two. Jokic is not going to get a third until he does some serious noise in, in the playoffs, until he makes a finals. 
Um, and I feel bad for him. He just has no help. The rest of that Nuggets team sucks. Oh, my God. How bad has Aaron Gordon been in these two games? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I kind of feel bad for him. He's airballed a couple shots. Draymond just turning his back to him when he has the ball. And, yeah, the Jokic thing in the playoffs doesn't really – it's never really made sense to me because, like, even his first year in the playoffs, like, you know, he beat the Spurs team. And then, you know, there was that crazy, like, triple, quadruple overtime uh, game against the the Blazers as well. Like, he's made a Western Conference Finals in the semifinals every year of his career. People were on him last year, like, dude, you see, like, he can't guard the Suns. It's like, yeah, no one can guard the Suns. Like, Chris and Paul's really good. How about without Jamal Murray, too? Like, he just doesn't have his full roster to work with. So, yeah, uh, I feel bad for him. He's definitely going to get a lot of hate in this offseason, especially if this keeps going the way it's going. Um, but... Yeah, he still was the deserving MVP of this season. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. Mavs versus Jazz. Uh, that series is tied 1-1. Unclear if Luka is going to be able to return in game three or four against Utah. I'd say that's looking unlikely, but maybe he's coming back for game five. Both of us picked the Mavs before the series, kind of with a thinking that Luca was going to be back sooner rather than later. That has not panned out, but the jazz are just falling apart. They're begging for somebody to knock them out of the playoffs. Losing game two was pretty embarrassing. I mean, that team without Luca is bad. That's not a playoff team. It feels like the jazz needed to win both those games in Dallas without Luca. I'm, I'm riding with my pick of the Jazz or of, of the Mavs, and the Mavs are plus 210, 210 to win the series. They are underdogs in this series. Lock it in, Mavs plus 210. Make some money, everybody. Mavs plus 210. That is, that's definitely the best deal of the day, mm-hmm. I would say, especially even, you know, if Luca, Luca could sit out two more games and, you know, still, still great odds. Uh, I, do, I do feel bad. Like, I feel bad for Jazz fans. Like, imagine having this team, you know, rooting for him for so long and just knowing that you are just a laughing stock in the playoffs. And, like, I don't think they're a bad team or anything, but teams have clearly figured it out. Their perimeter defense is terrible. Uh, the Rudy Gobert thing is, it is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like, just such a sustained period of like, this team clearly hates, hates playing with themselves. Uh, it reminds me, there's a classic Simpsons bit where, uh, Mo sticks his head in the oven and he's going to commit suicide. And he puts a sign on his back saying, do not resuscitate closed casket. It's like, (laughs) that is the warriors or that is the jazz. This playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. The dysfunction between Rudy and Donovan is rearing its ugly head. And I mean, Donovan just does not want to pass him the ball. Um, Rudy was like wide open for a lob last night. And Donovan just like went up for a contest, like three people on him went up for a contested layup was blocked and uh, the Mavs went the other way. And yeah, one of those two players is not going to be on the jazz next season. Rudy Gobert for Gordon Hayward and a first two first round picks question mark, Tim Donovan, Donovan Mitchell for Terry Rozier. And those two first. Round <laughs> <picks>. <laughs> let's let's shop both of those around. Uh, <laughs> see if the jazz are interested, but yeah, I'm definitely still riding with the Mavs. I just think, I think like we've talked about, I mean, the Jazz just are so dysfunctional right now. And even the Mavs without Luka, I think they're going to get one game in Utah and then Luka's going to come back to close it out. Ooh, I like that. I, I think I'll ride with you on that take. Here's a take I have. We're talking about, you know, a Calvin Ridley type situation, you know, players, uh, players betting money. 
what if agents are just giving Rudy Gobert like a 15% kickback of their guys' deals? Because every single playoffs, you know, there was your boy Jamal Murray. There was Terrence Mann. Then it was Jalen Brunson. Like all these guys are going to get paid because of these performances. What if Rudy's kind of just throwing the towel a little bit? I want to get a little kickback. <laughs> yeah, players most likely to gamble on the NBA. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you're referring to because Calvin Ridley gambled on the NFL. And uh, Rudy Gobert might be up there in the list of players willing to bet against their own team. Um, He's like, I can definitely get Jalen Brunson 40 tonight. Yeah, hit that over. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the last series of the West, the most boring series in the West. Shout out to the Pelicans for getting us their pick and making the playoffs. Because the only thing that did for them was lost them their first round pick. Uh, And it's going to us. But, yeah, they're going to get swept in four games. Suns in four. Uh, nothing really to say here. The Suns are minus 3,000. For any other series, I would say there's not enough value there. But if you've got a big wallet, go ahead and throw 3,000 on the Suns to make yourself an easy $100. Uh, you could also just add a little parlay on all the other bets we've mentioned today that I've advised so far throughout the podcast. Make yourself a little extra cash because there is a 0% chance the Pelicans win this series. Yeah, and I think I think this the Suns could lose two of their top four players and still win in like five games. Yeah, no, that's 100 percent true. I was trying to think like what are the odds? Okay, Chris Paul gets hurt. Maybe it's like one in 30. But this team without Chris Paul is still beating the Pelicans <laughs> in five games. Like it's like the Pelicans just do not have the manpower. And it's sad to see, you know, Zion just sitting on the bench, not playing. Um, we'll see what happens with that situation. But really boring series. I I didn't even watch game one. I was just not interested in watching it because you just know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I was stupid enough to watch for the first like two and a half quarters. And I was like, ah, you know, this is pretty much over. And as soon as I turned it off, Chris Paul, you know, I see the next morning on Twitter. Wow, Chris Paul, one of the best point guards of all time. And like I checked the timestamp when the highlights started. and It was like two minutes after I turned the game off. Mm. And I still had still had no regrets. I had to watch. I didn't have to watch. Ended up watching a good amount of Pelicans game this year uh, since I was rooting for them so we could get their pick. And uh, I've done my time, and I never want to watch them again. Yep. Yep. 100% agree. Um, shout out to them again for getting us that pick. That's going to be big for us this offseason. But that just about does it, Tim. Um, that is the end of our playoff preview. That That is the end. Uh Let's just do it right off the rip. Uh, no research. Who's winning the finals? Warriors. I'm with the Warriors too, man. I, I want it to happen, so I'm, I'm biased on that front. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that death lineup, PTSD lineup, whatever people are calling it, the Fast Five, yeah, I'm, I'm just so intrigued by that. Can't wait for them to play the Suns. I like it. All right. We'll keep score of who's winning in, like, playoff series predictions. Uh, I think I already have one over you with the Sixers and the Raptors. We'll see how this T-Wolves-Grizzlies series plays out. Maybe you can even the score, but I doubt it. Uh, shout out to all the Patreon supporters, Xavier Harvin, T.C. Cunningham, Brandon Garcia, Austin Johnson, Isaac Black, Dan Joseph, Aaron Barton, and Caitlin Furland. Uh, support us on Winnow and get live texts from me and Tim with NBA updates and Hornets offseason updates throughout this summer. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to everyone that's taken the time to listen to this far into the podcast. You are the real MVPs. All right, Tim. It's been real, bro. All right. It's been real. Be safe out there, Liquor Mark. Peace. Peace.